0: I'm going to read our scripture this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And we're going to re- read verses 1 through 18. Uh, so if you have a Bible at home or if you have an app to where you read a Bible, uh, now's a good time to open that. It's going to be the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. We'll have the words printed on the screen there as well, if those are uh, uh, focused enough for you able to, to read along as well. Early, on the first day of the week... For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood outside weeping. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. I love the game of hide and seek. Uh, I haven't had a chance to play it a lot, but uh, it's a game in which I think uh, any age level can appreciate and participate on some level. Um, and so during our quarantining, During our lockdown uh, at our house, I felt like this was a great time to start hide-and-seek, and And this is the first time that we ever played it inside the house. Now, what's really unique about the game of hide-and-seek, as I was sitting in the back of a very dark, pitch-black closet, uh, covered up and hidden by clothes that were hanging up in front of me, I began to think a lot. And And I've thought about how odd hide and seek really is because in some ways it seems really simple, right? Uh, You hide and then you also seek. But the reality is the better you are at this game, uh, the more boring it really is. And so as I was thinking of where in the best hiding places in the house that I could go, I began to wonder if that was really gonna be the most fun that we could have together as a family. So instead, what I decided to do was to try to find the silliest places that I could find, and to try to find a way to hide in plain sight that I felt like the girls would just think was ridiculous. So the first place I decided to hide was right in the middle of the hallway. And what I did was I went into the linen closet and I took out a fitted sheet and I put it over myself and I found a huge stuffed animal and I laid it on top of myself and I just laid right in the middle of the hallway up against the wall, this, this big six foot five mass that you just couldn't miss. Or so I thought. What happened was those girls ran past me probably eight or nine times, just looking in uh, bedrooms, looking in closets, looking behind the doors, uh, just looking everywhere that they could possibly think of that I was. At one point, actually, Lavender was standing in the middle of the hallway, just inches from where my head was resting up against a box behind me so frustrated and just so exasperated and saying, we can't find him anywhere. Where could he possibly be? And it wasn't until maybe a couple more rotations of running through the hallway that they finally stopped and realized that this big massive sheet with this huge stuffed dog on top of it doesn't seem to be anything that they remember. And so they ripped off the sheet and were so excited to finally find me. And so I wanted to try this again. And we played one more time. And the, the next time that I was hiding, um, I went into one of the girls' bedrooms. And I found the Rapunzel princess sleeping bag. And, and I stuffed myself into this Rapunzel sleeping bag and then curled up against the wall, and then put a pillow on top of my head. Very conspicuous, or so I thought, because they always check the bedrooms first. They come running into the bedroom, they climb up on the bunk beds, they look under the sheets, they go into the closet, they look behind the door, they start pulling out drawers in the dresser. I'm not sure how they thought I was hiding in cabinets and drawers after a while, but They ran back out. They ran back in again later to look around to make sure that nothing had changed. They looked upstairs. They looked in other hallways. They looked in other closets throughout the house. And again, they just could not find where I was hiding anywhere. Until finally, Lavender, my oldest daughter, had the brilliant idea that she was going to come into her room and get a joke book off of the bookcase. And her thought was, I will tell jokes in the hallway, and I'll be able to guess where Daddy is hiding because he's going to laugh at my jokes. But as she came in to get the joke book, she was standing right next to where I was pushed up against the wall, and she realized that's not where I left my sleeping bag. Which is odd to me because it wasn't that is an odd shape of my sleeping bag or that's an awfully big person who's in my sleeping bag, but that's not where she left it. And I found out that sometimes hiding in plain sight is uh, the most sneaky place to be uh, because we just pass right by it without even challenging our assumptions that something could be different this time. Now, in our scripture reading this morning, uh, we read a story of Jesus being hidden In plain sight. And we read the story of Mary Magdalene as she's coming to the tomb on that first morning. And uh, she's gripped by the anxiety, Uh, she's gripped by the fear, the grief of this moment of coming to come and to care for the body of her Lord or to grieve for her Lord. And as she comes to the tomb, something is different the stone has been rolled away. And oftentimes, like when you and I, we lose something, we we sort of run back real quickly of something that's so vitally important that that we couldn't bear to lose it, um, the assumption of what happens if I can't find it. And so she runs back to a couple of the disciples. and, And she tells them, someone has taken the body of our Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. And so the other disciples, they they run up to the tomb as well and uh, they look in and they see linen wrappings uh, on the ground and they see linen wrappings folded up and and placed on uh, the tomb where the body was laid. But again, they don't find what they're looking for. And they leave in doubt and frustration and curiosity and and. Terror and fear and anger, just any number of emotions you could feel. Because they did not remember yet the scripture of what Jesus had told them. But Mary, she she stayed. And as she was weeping outside the tomb, she decided to give it one more glance. To give it one more look. And she looks inside and she sees what nobody else saw but two angels sitting where the body had been, one of the head and one of the feet. Now, everywhere else in Scripture, uh, whenever angels show up, they arrive almost as messengers, and uh, they, they tell the person right away, do not be afraid. But this time, the angels carried no message for Mary. Only care and comfort. Woman, why Are you weeping? Now, how many obvious clues can be hidden in plain sight? Angels sitting at the spot where the body was, but still so wrapped up in the idea that someone has come in and stolen the body, and yet there's linen wrappings wrapped around the head and placed at the feet almost as if grave robbers would remove the linens before taking the body, which at that point she's still scrambling to make sense out of what's going on. When she feels a presence behind her, and she turns to whom she assumes is the gardener, and again in the fear and the assumptions of having lost something so treasured in her Lord, Begging him and pleading with him that if he knows where the body is, just to let her know. And she will care for it. She will take it. And it isn't until the moment that Jesus says her name. She begins to see that he was there all along. And the one that she was looking for actually turned out to be the one who found her. When it comes to the kingdom of God, we find it most often in the hidden places. We find it most often in the places that we don't first expect and in the people we wouldn't first suspect. We find the kingdom of God hidden in plain sight. And on an Easter morning to where we celebrate uh, the arrival of Jesus from the tomb, the resurrection of our Lord, we're reminded more than ever that Jesus was not waiting for us in the tomb, Jesus was waiting for us in the world. And he's still waiting in the world for us today. And so in however you are encountering this Easter, whether you're joining us today on, uh, on a mobile device, on a laptop or a computer, or, or watching on your television, I believe that you will encounter Jesus today. And he will be hidden in plain sight. And and it's so easy to walk past him and to not notice him at first. But the reality is is that Jesus is waiting for us. he's not waiting for us to find him. He's waiting for us to realize that we are the ones being found. And that we have the opportunity to join Jesus out in the work of the world that still remains. Because if you notice the transformation that Mary goes through. She has two proclamations in this scripture. The first one is made out of fear and of doubt. They have taken the body of my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. But her second proclamation is a word and a proclamation of hope and of purpose. And it's the very same proclamation. It's the very same witness of who we are today as Christians, as Easter people. I have seen the Lord. He was hidden in plain sight and will never be the same again. Will you pray with me this morning? Almighty and precious God, we do give you thanks. We give you thanks for the way that your life moves in the world around us. God, we give you thanks for the way that you show up on this Easter morning. That even in flashes of lightning, even in flashes of electricity, Lord, we encounter you in a way that we never expected. You remind us that it's not our plans or our agendas or our orders that that we follow, but we follow you. And as we look for you in this Easter, as we look for you in our homes, in our crowded supermarkets, and in our empty churches, we're reminded that you are already out in the world. And inviting us to come and to see you. And to tell the witness that will be our witness for all of time. That we have seen the Lord. May we be changed evermore. Amen.